1: Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Ann Mank, Wealth Advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. Ellen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank building, and also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building across from Winkies. We also serve clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. Just visit EllenBecker.com for more details. And today on the show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Andrea Scott Brown, and she is the founder and creator of AudaciousPath.com. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm thrilled to be
2: here and so excited to talk with you today. Thanks, Sam.
1: Well, and you know, in past conversations we've had, how the conversation went, I really thought that you would be a good asset to bring on our radio show to talk to our listeners. Um, One from just from your past, you know what you've gone through in life, what you've learned from that. And then also because you have a, a bit of a niche in the money mindset and how do we get through some of those and really live the audacious life that we were meant to live. And you really help individuals in transition and in change. If you could just give us a little bit of a background on who you are, how you got here, know, some of those life lessons you've learned, because I really do think that, you know, life experience is the best experience. And I do think that's why you're such an expert in this field going forward.
2: Thank you so much. Yes, I'm Andrea Scott Brown. I work with women, mostly some men, and I work with people who are going through major life transitions I work with people who want to live that audacious life and, and walk and skip and jump and slide on their audacious path. The key to that is creating a strong financial foundation. And that's where I start. I love working with people to understand that money is a tool, money is energy, and it's all because that's what I went through. Mm -hmm. And I, my history is that I was married and had two young children, I loved coaching. I had heard about this idea of coaching and I decided it was time for me to do that. So I went to coaching school and I started my own business and I was loving it, home with my two, two I a young toddler and an infant at the time. And it was fabulous. And then my, my then husband came home one day and in the middle of the day and said, I was just laid off. Um, I was like, oh my goodness. The first thing though, that I said to him immediately was, yay, now you get to do your own thing because he's an amazing illustrator and graphic designer and he could do his own business and it was great. So he decided to do that, put up his shingle and I was starting my business and it was great in theory. However, all of a sudden I turned around and we were $30,000 in debt um, because two new businesses don't quite work instantly. <laughs> right, right. There's a little bit of a
1: time where you need to get your feet on the floor get the business going. And as you're saying that, that just reminds me of some of the stories I've been hearing from March when the pandemic started. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that of, I got laid off. Now it's time to start the dream, but
2: what about the money side? Right. And it was scary. It was scary. And I turned around and I said, okay, I'm going to go back to work for somebody else. I went back to academia and for a year, I focused on the money. It was all about getting out of debt. And so in 12 months, we got out of debt completely, except for our house. And then I was, because I was on that path, I got recruited by somebody else. And at the same time, I was kind of struggling in the marriage. So, or we, you know, we were struggling. And so we decided to get divorced. And in 31 days, I was divorced. And five days later, I moved my kids halfway across the country to a new location. The only people I knew were my boss and her family, because I had worked with them both previously. And I set up shop. I bought a new house. And it was all about getting established in this new place, in this new routine, a completely different culture from where I had been. And it was it was a transition to say the least. But, you know, at the same time, I was setting myself up financially to win and to be able to support my family. And so, of course, we went through a lot of emotional things. Of course, we went through just huge transitions and understanding what the new routine looks like. Um, and it, for me, it was homework, school, homework, school, mm. you know, the triangle yep. of, of making sure everything was okay at the same time, like proud of myself, like, okay, I I set out to do this and this is, this is what I'm meant to be doing right now.
1: Well, and as you say that, I mean, that's an, an incredible jump in a short amount of time. A lot of us wouldn't even know where to start to be able to do that. How did you even, like most of us wouldn't even think, okay, we can close a, you know, a marriage down in 31 days, more or less. And then, Hey, as I'm doing that, let me then pack up the kids and go how did you do that? Or what were you thinking? Or, you know, that just is a huge
2: transition. So for me, it was about what do I need to do now? It's survival mode, Mm. you know, for a time, it's just okay, I'm gonna keep my head up. And I use resources and friends. And I knew, you know, it Of course, the the relationship didn't end in 31 days. I mean, it did legally. Mm -hmm. However, it was a long period of time beforehand where things weren't working and I needed to set myself up for success, regardless of what happened. And I didn't know, you know, moving forward, what that was going to look like. And so I had to keep a lot of options open. And one of the things that I work with with clients around is this money mindset idea of, uh, I want to be okay, no matter what Mm -hmm. happens. I want to set myself up for success. And that's where looking at options, noticing what's happening, happening. one of the key things that I teach people about is being the observer and noticing what's going on, taking some of the emotion out. Of course, there are feelings. Of course, there are things going on. And I never want to stuff them. And it's about being in the moment and understanding what's next and how, how to traverse that. Well, and that's an important
1: thing that you bring up too, is that just taking the moment to just look around to see what's really happening, especially with your money. Um, a lot of times when I'm doing classes, one of the things I recommend is even when was the last time you just stopped to look at your credit card statement yes, and all the charges that are on there? Yes. And I've done that in education classes and, and people will come back to me and go, oh, you know, I found a gym membership and a magazine membership, or I realized I was spending more than I thought on, you know, for me, it would be my oils that I spend it on, but whatever that might be for individuals, it's like, if you don't just stop and not let the um, routine kind of take over and, you know, really pay attention to what's important to you. So I think that's great advice of just, and it's so simple. It's like, just literally stop What are you spending your money on? And even if it's just for a day, every time you spend something, just stop and think about it. I did a Facebook
2: live recently and I, what are the things that you're spending your money on regularly? What are the subscriptions that you have signed up for at some points that are just now automatic? Because there's benefit to things being automatic. There's benefit to you and there's also benefit to the company because because then you forget about it. So, I challenged people to look at all of their subscriptions and the responses that I got were wonderful because they 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 did stop and look and they got the idea that, "Oh, I don't need that anymore. These these are a few places that I can cut or even negotiating some of the subscriptions mm-hmm. that you have that you want to keep, it's a great place to Say, okay, what if I called them? What if I talked to them? What are some other deals or specials that are going on? And how you can save a a little bit of money to, again, set, you set, set yourself up for success.
1: Mm-hmm. And as you were talking about money mindset, it's like it definitely, the set it and forget it is something that either could work for you or against you. Exactly. If you do that for savings, set it up and forget about it, you know, you could gain some real momentum without even, you know, thinking about it, because a lot of times we get it in our own way. But it's if you set it up and forget about it, when it comes to an expense, that's really where you could start, you know, it's just a slow leak. And you don't realize how much is gone, if you
2: don't stop and take a look at it. So mindset is a great place to look. And then we look at our subconscious mind and our subconscious, it helps us and can hurt us in, in <laughs> essence. When we have a habit, it, it, it's where a subconscious mind just kind of keeps on going in that same path. And so we have good habits and we have not so good habits Yeah, <laughs> or, or habits <laughs> that we want to change. Yeah, I know. And especially in the new
1: year where we are right now, it's, we're all thinking about those habits that might not be good for us. So what I'll do is I'll take a really quick break right now. But um, when we come back, I'd really like to start talking about the mindset of money. Maybe how do we use some of those habits or some of the things that we're doing now and just kind of tweak them or turn them or, you know, you've been working with clients for a long time in this arena. And when we work with clients, we really do look at the numbers. What does it look like? We're very tactical. But I think the, the mindset as well needs to be considered as we're looking at goals and finances and security and making sure you're okay. So when we come back, we'll talk about that.
2: We do things big at Kessler's. So we're going to do your diamond earrings big. When your diamond stud earrings come from Kessler's, you always get full value when you trade up for a larger pair. All you have to do is pay the difference. Start out with whatever size you can afford right now. Then watch those diamonds get bigger. We've got them as low as $180. Nothing sparkles like real diamonds. Especially if those diamonds are Kessler 81s, the diamonds with extra sparkle. And Kessler's has awesome financing. We even have second chance. Financing for friends who need a second chance. Are you worried you won't be approved? Quit worrying. When you want a big pair of diamond earrings or an engagement ring that will rock the world, Kessler's has special connections to special financing. We created it for special people like you. When you're ready, we've got your engagement ring. And we've got a gorgeous pair of diamond earrings with your name on them. You'll know which ones are yours the moment you see them. Welcome to Kessler's. Find
0: the Kessler's nearest you at KesslersDiamonds.com. Attention all men. Has Viagra and Cialis let you down? Think your best days are behind you? Think again. The professional discreet doctors at Peak Performance for Men have helped thousands of men over the age of 45. There's no pain, no needles, no surgery, and no medication. Just the newest available proven treatment using focused linear compression therapy. This medical device regenerates blood vessels with no pain, no pills, no pumps, no surgery, and no medication. Over 85% of men receiving our treatment experience long-term improvement in male performance, including men with diabetes and prostate issues. Schedule your appointment today at our clinic in Milwaukee, 414-295-8181. That's 414-295-8181. Or visit peakperformanceformen.com. Treat the cause, not just the symptoms for proven lasting results. Call Peak Performance for Men at 414-295-8181. That's 414-295-8181. Call Peak Performance for Men and stand up to erectile dysfunction for good. Peak Performance for Men is CD I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-573-9552. That's 800-573-9552. 800-573-9552. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states
1: welcome back to money sense i am your host and mank wealth advisor at ellen becker investment group and today we have andrea scott brown with us she is the founder and creator of the audaciouspath.com. and we started off talking about your story, and then I realized, I apologize, we didn't let you finish on where you are. So we left the listeners hanging on that one. So I do apologize for that, because I do think it's a great story to really show how you've lived through it. So we were talking about how you had the divorce finalized 31 days, moved to kids across
2: country, and then what happened? So that's okay, then we got into some good stuff. So continuing the story, I then got recruited two years later, and was able to fill the position that my boss had, one of the things that I always wanted to do and prove that I can do what she had done. And uh, so that's what brought me to Wisconsin. And I was able to be in that role. And then I got recruited again. Uh, And so I've, I've been here 10 years now. And it was it was amazing to see the kind of growth that I was able to have within my career and double and triple my income over that period of time. And it allowed me to, to have more confidence in making money, in managing money, in understanding what worked best for me and my family. And, and I continued to learn through all of that, what was best. And at the same time, I had always had this dream of, I want to live on last year's income. So I wanted to be able to save that amount of money and go on my own audacious path because coaching is one of the things that I've always loved. So about a little over two years ago, I left corporate and I decided to go out on my own. And because of the decisions, decisions that I had made, because of the way I had set up my own finances and my own money mindset, I was able to then leave and establish my own business and so that was a couple of years ago and I in a place where I'm now able to teach that to other people and how to do it and I, I actually have a, a money course that I call money course a, a path to get out of debt and live on last year's income which is the story I just told you mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yeah. all about changing your relationship with money so that's what's interesting about this whole idea of money mindset it's about changing your relationship with money You know, we talked before the break about money mindset and really wanting to get into that. And money mindset, I think, establishes everything that we do with money and to some extent, everything we do in life. And that's why I think it's an important part on your audacious path to start there, to start there because money is a tool. Money is also energy. If you look at how money flows in and out and through our lives, it's the same with energy. And it's the decisions that we make are based on those, as we're talking about, the subconscious beliefs that we have that come to us that are established in us mostly from zero to seven years old. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's a good point, because when I think about how I deal with money or what I think about money, a lot of times it goes back to those stories. And it also goes back to the fact that I could still be living those stories if I didn't stop to think about them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have thoughts of, well, how did we save? I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s and I remember layaway, like my mom going to put money on layaway. And so that taught me that I need to save up for something before I could get it because, you know, there just wasn't credit cards at that point. But that story was one that's helped me. But I do think that, you know, it's an important thing to think about is when you just have those money habits
2: to think back and say, well, where did I learn this and, and why? Absolutely. One of the things I start with, with um, money mindset is what is your money story? And Mm. we talk, we look at what are the things that you believe based on the things that you learned as a kid or from friends and family or from society. When you look around and you see billboards everywhere, ads, Mm -hmm. or now on your phone, or on your tablet, you know the the things that pop up all the time. What is it telling you? And what what are you now what are you doing because of that? What do you believe? What are the little noises or voices in your head that pop in and and it's stopping and listening to those and understanding what's going on? Cuz that's driving your behavior. That's driving the next thing. The and another huge way to understand what's going on with your money mindset is to listen to your language. What are you saying? Hmm. What are you saying to yourself? What are you saying to others? What are the words and things that you say on a regular basis? Do you say money doesn't grow on trees? Something that is in your your language? (laughs) Right. Or even
1: thinking about what your thoughts are when you see somebody who's successful, or when you see somebody who has money, what is that initial emotional response that you have to that? Exactly. If it's negative, then why would you ever want to have that? Right. And then if it is
2: negative, where did that come from? Right. And and so there is some value in understanding where it came from. I'm looking at today and saying, okay, what is it influencing me? And is that something I want to continue?
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you help individuals look at their relationship with money. Like, what do you really mean by looking at their relationship with
2: money? So the example that you just gave is a great one. How do you feel when you see somebody who has a lot of money? Are you looking at the fact that they have a lot of money or their behavior? So Mm. does, and, and and do you believe that they're tied together? So some people who have a lot of money, you may not know that they have a lot of money because they don't have the stereotypical behavior of somebody who has a lot of money. So there's, you know, talk about the the millionaire next door or something like that, that they're just everyday people. They just may have a lot of money and have resources to be able to do what they want to do. Is
1: there any relationship that you just see coming through over and over again, or any story that you see over and over again that, so that when our our listeners hear this, it's like something that they could say, oh yeah, there's my low hanging fruit, or here's something that maybe I should look at first, because a lot of times with relation, like it can get to be a big thing that we're trying to look at or be a little bit overwhelmed, but what is something that's like, you know, something small that we could
2: start with? I would say, listen to your language. So if you say, I can't afford that, that probably isn't true. And I say that with love. (laughs) What I mean by that is it's a choice. And when you recognize that it's a choice, then It's a very different relationship. So Mm -hmm. if you have a, if you see something that you, that you love, let's say it's a designer dress that's just came to mind. So the designer (laughs) dress, I don't know why the designer dress costs 500. It's on sale for $500. It's normally $1,200. I mean, we're talking high end. Okay. Or, you know, something, something really, something (laughs) really nice. Yeah. Not, not high, high end, but something really nice. And you say to yourself, I can't afford that. Well, that might be that you choose not to spend the money on that right now. You probably have other expenses that are more than that. So this is an extreme example. You have, let's say rent or a mortgage, that's $500 or more. You could choose to not pay your rent or mortgage and buy the (laughs) dress. Now, I would not recommend that ever. Right. And it's still a choice. You do have the money to buy it, It's a choice. And just that simple understanding changes your relationship with money because you could, and you choose not to. And there are a lot of decisions like that. Certainly a lot of decisions that I made like that over time, when I was getting out of debt and choosing not to go out to restaurants or not, you know, not to spend any extra money on anything in order to first pay off the debt. And then I was able to amass an emergency fund and savings fund and I call it what I call the freedom fund and that freedom fund <laughs> yep. built into something that I was able to then you know do what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah that and as you're talking about that it's reminding me of some of my clients when we're we're trying to figure out their goals and what they really feel are important I do see that disconnect sometimes of I value this, but I just can't afford it. And a lot of times what I say, once again, that those credit cards, they, they have a lot of data in them and I'm all about data. But it really is, if you looked at your credit cards, what are your biggest expenses and do they reflect
2: your values? I love that exercise. I just did that with a client, actually. I had done it with her a long time ago and and she requested that we sit down and be observers of her money and together we looked at her budgeting tool and said okay what does this say so if we were not if we didn't know this person and we just started examining what the data because everything is in this system and it's a great system that I love to use we could categorize it we could look at we were actually looking at a three-year period of time Mm. and when you when you look at that much data, there are some big numbers that you spend on certain categories. Yep. (laughs) And what was most fascinating about it is on the very, very high level, when we just looked at the wallpaper, you know, on the outside, that they pretty much did follow her values, the, the expenses. But when we started to dig in a little bit deeper, it started to get really confusing because the way she had categorized things and the way that you couldn't just look at a high level expense category because she had divided it into other areas for specific reasons. So so she was trying to understand how much money she was spending on her children because she was dealing with a divorce situation Mm. and had to to model that. So gifts, for example, were in two or three different categories, one for general and then one for her kids or one for each of her children or the same for medical. So you couldn't just look at medical and see what she had spent on the family divided into two or three different areas. And so I don't want to get into too many of the details, but the point was that she looked at it and she said, wow, I make things way more complicated than they need to be with money. Yeah. And she's been working on this for a long time. So it, (laughs) It was just an eye-opening experience for her, and she and she's decided to for 2021 look at how to simplify the money management and how can she make this much more easy for her, and then to um, look overall in the future for how do I want how do I really want to look at my money? What are the reports that I want to be able to make?
1: And that's a great point because a lot of times I know for me personally, I'll make things complicated if I don't want to deal with them. Exactly. Like, it's a great excuse of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Put my hands up in the air. And really, I could make it simple. If But if it's complicated, then I have the excuse of why I haven't completed it. Or I have the excuse because people will relate to that saying, oh, I totally understand. Yeah, that's overwhelming when it doesn't have to be. And I
2: find that a lot with money. It can be simple, One of the things that I say with my clients all the time, there are three types of money. Super simple. Revenue, expense, and savings. That's it. Mm -hmm. You can boil all of your money down to those three. Now, there might be subcategories in there. You're right. different ways of saving money. There's different ways of spending money, and there's different ways of of having revenue come in. But that's it. It's just three things. So I'll say in, out, and keep. It's in, out, and keep. That's it. And
1: also, that's how we teach our kids, too, is in a simple way. I don't know why as adults do we need to, like, make it seem like it's overwhelming. But before we go into that, because I think, you know, a lot of this mindset is just, I think it is just a matter of reframing it or having, just talking about it in a different way to have those aha moments with individuals. So we're going to take a really quick break. Um, But I do want to keep talking about the mindset and how it influences our money and decisions. And, you know, like you said, those big changes in life, how can we get some security through that as well? So we will be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I am your host today, and Mank, Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. And we have the honor of having Andrea Scott-Brown with us today. She is the founder and creator of audaciouspath.com. And we have just had the best conversation about mindset and how it affects money and money matters. And I'd like to continue that conversation because a lot of what you were just talking about, I see when I deal with my clients a lot. So we'll talk about not being able to save, or we talk about their investment balance or what they're in. And a lot of times it's just me sitting down and simplifying it for them to make it easier to actually put in place. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. Um, like I was talking before, I fall into that, you know, that pitfall all the time of let's overcomplicate this. Okay, let's do this.
2: <laughs> it, it, it allows us an excuse. Oh, yeah, no, I can't do that today. That'll take too long. And it's too complicated.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And then if we just sat down and did it, we realize it took less time than us trying to talk ourselves out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, one of the things that I know you probably deal with all the time is that we associate money with emotions or goals or things, and it's really never about the money. How do you help people with that? Or how do you even, how do you even start approaching that with individuals?
2: It's so true. It's never about the money and it's always about the money. Right. I think we need <laughs> a plaque somewhere for that because I that's so true. So money is a tool. Money is a tool that we use to live our lives. And it's a way in which we navigate lives. One of the things that I think is super important is to to understand is we owe it to ourselves to have as much money as we need and more Hmm. because we're here to do life. We're here to fully and completely live life. And when we get in the way of that, by not having the money that we need to do that, we're not able to accomplish what we want. I mean, we, we deserve that. We all deserve it. And, I, and the people that are putting blocks in the way often don't believe they, they don't believe that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They don't believe that they're worth it or that they deserve it. And I work with clients around that. A ro- There's a lot of shame that came up in um, our money course this week. There's a lot of shame with past money behaviors, the way in which family may have looked at money uh, or treated family members in ways that uh, negative ways around money expectations. <laughs> I had a client who was talking about the fact that her father even now she's in her fifties, even now says, so are you making hundred thousand dollars yet? Are you making <sighs> right. You know, there, we come, we come with a lot of different backgrounds and we, we come with a lot of different expectations. And when we feel the weight of that, it's time to pause, stop and look at that and say, is that something I want to continue? Is that something that I want to take on? And with those family issues, those are sometimes a little more difficult because they're so
1: close. Yeah. And I, I see, like you mentioned shame with money and I see that a lot as well. I had one individual say that they, she would much rather go to a doctor or go to the dentist than come and sit with a financial advisor. Like she just felt so exposed and so vulnerable. Yes, and, and in my head, because I've been dealing with this for so long, I'm like, it's just numbers. Like it's money. It, it does not say who you are as a person. It is literally just numbers on a page. Um, yes
2: and no. So it's from, from the standpoint of the client, right? Because, and that's one of the things that I work with the clients is how do you step back? How do you become the observer? How do you make them numbers on a page? How do you make them mm-hmm. just something that has happened in the past And you can sit here today and make a different decision and move forward in the future. And it can look very, very different.
1: Yeah. And like you were saying about making too much money, like that makes me think of how much of a mindset it is. Not that it's easy, but it it really is a mindset reframing where instead of thinking about, well, I don't want to make too much money because, you know, then I have all these negative emotions. It's what if you made a lot of money? Just think of all the other people you could be helping. Either through charities or starting your own foundation, or in my case, it means that I have more clients that I can help have a better life in the future through money management. So sometimes it's, I just love how you say, just step back and take a look at it. How would you speak to a friend who came to you with that, you know, story or with that particular situation? What advice would you give to a friend versus yourself? Because we're just so hard on ourselves sometimes. Oh,
2: all the time. I am so good at be- beating myself up <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of experience. Right. So. It doesn't make it any easier,
1: even if you know what you should or shouldn't be doing.
2: In many ways. And, and the, the skill is stopping. And re- when, as soon as you realize it, you just pause, take a breath and notice and step back. And I often tell people physically stand up, physically take a step back. Because that will trigger in your mind a way in which to do that. It'll trigger Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm going to step back and I'm going to act like I'm looking at myself and what is happening in the situation. You might be with other people. You might be by yourself. It it doesn't matter. You can still see, you can be the observer in your mind of watching what you're doing, watching what you're saying, watching you interact or watching Mm -hmm. others interact in a room. It allows you to have that separation so that the high emotions aren't as intense. And again, I'm not saying don't feel your emotions. Mm -hmm. Give yourself the time to feel them. Give yourself a moment to be in it. And sometimes it's better to not be in it and to watch it and to understand what's happening. And then you can make the decision of not being in it or being in it. So it's the decision point. It's the, it's the point in which you're able to say, I'm choosing to, the, to do this or I'm not choosing to do this that makes you the powerful
1: person. And how do you start changing your mindset? You talked a lot about stepping back and being the observer, which kind of gets you to a certain point, but then how do you, are there any tools or any ways that you recommend someone starting to make this switch? Because, okay, I've stepped, I've stood back, I can see what's happening. Oh, great. Now what do I do?
2: (laughs) Like, how do you move them from that point forward? It's all about making choices. It's all about understanding what the opportunities are in any given moment and making a decision. I give this example about making a change of any kind. And when I was in high school, I used to say, um, every other word, five ums in a row And I didn't understand that I was doing that at all. Mm. I didn't know it, right? So once one person said it, I blew it off. A few people said it or said it over time. Then I started to say, oh, okay, I guess I am doing that. Then I would understand that I had said "Um, 50 times in the last paragraph. (laughs) Then I realized I said "Um, 10 times in the last sentence, and if you notice, then I would start to say a sentence and realize that I was, or I had just, I had just said um, three times right before I was speaking. And as my realization of what I was doing became closer and closer to now. And so at the point where I was able to about, to, I was about to say it and I said it anyway, because it was the habit, but then I was about to say it and I, chose to still say it but I knew I was making the choice Mm -hmm. to say it and then at some point I was I was about to say it and I chose not to that's a great example because we've all been there
1: with once you start saying it you can't stop saying it we tease my daughter on that all the time but the awareness of it as you were saying is really the key to stopping it The more you're aware of it, the more you pay attention to it, the easier and easier it gets over time.
2: Right. And these are habits. We talked about this earlier. We talked about the fact that habits are ingrained and they're something that we continuously do. And sometimes they're to our benefit and sometimes they're to our detriment. It's the awareness that allows us in the moment of now or right before you do it to stop it, whatever it is.
1: Right. I'm trying to think of some of the purchases I make that are just out of habit. It's helped now that I don't go into a store. With the pandemic, it's been virtually online, but I've noticed that I'm saving money because I'm just going and clicking what I really need, not having the habit of, well, as long as I'm here, I'll pick up this, this, and this.
2: There's Uh, a lot of store psychology around what goes on an end cap in an aisle of a store to grab your attention or what's at the checkout counter to grab your attention and you pick it up and you just put it in. A lot of people who say, I'm go, I have a list. This is what I'm going to buy. And you go to the store and you only buy the things on the list. That takes some willpower. It's all about decision-making and how you're going to move forward. And when you make that decision on your own by yourself and you set up boundaries, that's another big thing we talk about is I'm going to set up a boundary around this budget Or when you set a budget for the month and this is the budget that you agree on with you and or a significant other, if there's a change, you have a discussion about it, even if it's with yourself. So you have a discussion around, okay, I have a budget for $500 in this category this month, but this thing is going to take me $100 over, so it would be $600, so where am I going to find that $100 from what other category this month am I going to pull from because everything's already budgeted to zero. And so that's where some of this work comes in. It's both mindset and it's practical application. And that's where the money course comes in because we talk about money mindset throughout the entire course. It it permeates everything that we do. And yet there are practical points along the way. Well, I'd like to talk more about the money course and some of those
1: practical things, but let's take a really quick break. I'd like to give some practical um, ideas to the listeners when we come back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I am your host and Mank, Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. And today we have Andra Scott Brown, uh, founder and creator of Audaciouspath.com. We've talked a lot about mindset, but I know your course also includes some practical tools. So in this last couple of minutes, what are some tools or just some really good takeaways that you want to make sure our listeners know about?
2: Sure. So the money course, uh, as we talked about, is all about changing your relationship with money. So it has five modules and it's all about money, Mm M-O-N-E-Y. And so the first one is money mindset, which we've been talking about. And the second one is open the books. Open the books is really about knowing where your money is and and going to find it because a lot of people put their head in the sand around money Mm -hmm. because it's scary, because it's the unknown, because it's not been dealt with. And so this is all about making it okay to go find it. And it's okay wherever it is. It doesn't matter. Opening the books is that practical step of, okay, we're just going to go look. We're going to be the observer and pull it all together. N is know your numbers. So what are you spending your money on? How do you create a budget? What are the categories that you might use? Mm -hmm. And it's really putting together that practical piece of, I'm going to put the budget together understand where i'm going to tell my money what to do again it's all a decision i'm going to tell it what to do for me and knowing your numbers is okay now i always say it takes at least three months to even get close to what's probable in a month Uh, the first time you make one it's going to be wrong and that's okay You just have those conversations that I was talking about earlier with yourself or with a a significant other, if you're doing a budget together, you have those probably more, a lot more often. And that's okay because more, the more you touch it initially, the more you can establish the habit and you recognize that it's okay to look at your money and it's okay to understand where you're spending your money. And that's a great
1: point because a lot of times, if you've never looked at it, how would you know how to do a budget? putting the numbers down and then reflecting back to actually start having that gut check or that inner knowing of, am I spending too much or not? Is it in the right bucket or not? So
2: that's a great point. And one of the stories that I love really quickly about myself is that when I first started doing this, I was like, okay, when I first got married, I want to have a budget and I'm so excited about this. And I worked with my then husband about all of the categories and where we're going to spend the money. And then the revenue coming in was not so much. And so it didn't take long to spend it all. Once done, it was, it was beautiful. Like I worked hard on that budget. It was gorgeous. And then I put a nice little bow around it and put it in a drawer that doesn't work. Because then when I would pull it out the next month and say, okay, what happened? It uh, wasn't followed at all because it was put in a drawer and not to be seen again. So the next step is evaluate. Evaluate everything. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's a constant looking at what is happening. What is working? What is not working? Where do I need to tweak and adjust? Do I know that... There are certain months where I might spend more in a category than others. Of course, those are the kinds of things. So you're evaluating. You're like, okay, I I have this standard of a month budget, but let's tweak it because I might have a quarterly bill that comes up, or I might have a semi-annual bill or an annual bill that comes up, and I need to save for that throughout the year. And then the last module is live on last year's income. And that means you're looking to the future what's the yearly budget what yearly funding is another way to look at it what are you also celebrating how are you allowing yourself to recognize the where you where you were where you've been and and where you are now and look at where you're going
1: it's, i have a quick question on the last year's income so for that is it last year i made x amount i want that amount saved in a bank so that i can then use that for the following year and then kind of bank what you're currently making like that's what comes up in my head when you say something like that and I just want to make sure that I
2: I'm thinking of it the right way that is how I was originally thinking about it and I've I've used that and I've also looked at it on a a smaller scale so not everybody wants to do that that was my goal that was Mm -hmm. my idea I heard that somebody did that once and I thought that is really cool even down to I made x amount in January, last last January, so I'm going to spend that same amount in this January. Now, I didn't do that. For me, it was about, I want to have as much money as all of the expenses covered. I want that money in the bank for me to be able to have access to it. Mm. So that was my goal, and that's what I was able to do. For somebody who doesn't have that, and they can't just set that money aside, which is most of us, it's a slow process. So I first Mm -hmm. start with, let's live on last month's income. Mm. And that might take a little while. The amount of freedom that that gives us, though, is incredible. Because when you understand what are my expenses right now, what do I need to cover for my expenses? You know that for a month's period, you know, after you've done this budgeting thing for two or three or four months, you, you get a sense of really what it what it costs to live your life, you can then start to adjust your savings so that you put enough aside so that you are living on last, even last paycheck. And that can then cover your expenses for this month. And then you're not worried about, Oh, when's the paycheck coming? Oh, am I going to be able to cover this bill? And it's such a freeing experience. And so then you're also saving for an emergency fund. And I always suggest you, probably have your own um, suggestions, but like three to six months Mm -hmm. of expenses. And I'm leaning more towards six months now. For me, that feels more comfortable. And so that's the money that you set aside and you don't touch. And it's Mm -hmm. a process. You start building it up. It's making decisions every single day, looking at your money, looking at the numbers, what's best for you. And then you're able to say, okay, these are my expenses and this is what's left over. And what do I want to do? Because as you're talking about that, too, a lot of times
1: that's what we're talking about in retirement. It's not necessarily what age do you want to retire? It's what age do you want the ability to pivot if you want to? You talk about financial freedom, and I think what you're talking about helps us get there because we have this big idea of what financial freedom might be. But the way you describe it is really what financial freedom is. It's the ability to feel secure with your finances to make the decisions you want to make. If somebody wants your help or your guidance, either money mindset or knowing more about your money class. What's the best way
2: to get a hold of you? Go to audaciouspath.com and it's A U D A C I O U S P A T H.com. So when you go to audaciouspath.com, you can find uh, information about me and I will have a little bit of information about the money course. You can also sign up to be on the waiting list to learn about the next round of the money course.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. I have really enjoyed our conversation I could talk a lot longer. If you like today's show and want to know more, please visit www.ellenbecker.com or call us at 262-691-3200. As always, I hope that I have made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen.